0: Anian. We're just here to try and help you fix a car. That's all this radio show is about, and that's all it's ever been about, and all it ever will be about is I'm um, just trying to find the best solution to the problems that just, you know, every time we fix one, ten more problems come up because we're driving giant computers, and that's really the name of the game. The Car Doctor. Listen, sometimes the hardest problems are fixed by the simplest solutions. Welcome to the radio home of Ron and Anian, The Car Doctor. Since 1991, this is where car owners the world over turn to for their definitive opinion on automotive repair. If your mechanic's giving you a busy signal, pick up the phone and call in. The garage doors are open. But I am here to take your calls at 855-560-9900. And now, here Ronnie, do you ever have that moment when you didn't know what you were going to say and they point at you and they go, now? This is it. Hello and welcome. Ron and, and The Car Doctor. I found out after many years that sound on radio is very, very important. And I'm here to talk to you about your car at 855 because that's really what this is all about. And um, I've got a great opening story for you. If I can just, yes, Tom, what was... Uh, I just want to know which finger Tony pointed at you at. Um, he didn't. He just turned the button on. I saw that the mic went red. Does not red oh, yeah. mean go?
1: Oh, well, I just, I just want to make sure he's not, you know, you
0: know making obscene uh, gestures for well, what happened to no, the Giants last
1: week. After Tony what you said,
0: I, you know, and I'm trying to be nice today about the Giants because tomorrow, you know, tomorrow it'll be the Mets, the Yankees, the Jets, and what's left of the Giants. Um, you know, now that they don't have Jason Pierre-Paul, uh, you know, and after they play Dallas, I have just, but you know, what's going to happen tomorrow, Tony? Talk to me.
2: I don't know. I I I take the Giants at face value. Yeah, so that's they're out. That's the only thing I can do. Yeah, they're out.
0: You know. Well, we'll know next week. Next week's game will dictate whether or not the tickets for the following week are going to be going like the Jets tickets at five bucks apiece. I don't think it'll get that bad.
2: It won't get that bad. The Giants uh, do have a chance to make it a wild card. They they
0: said that Trump would never get elected either, so anything's possible. Anything's possible. So just, uh, but you know, if you want my prediction, Giants are going to lose bad, bad. So I'm just, I'm just trying to help.
2: Okay. No problem. I'm just trying to help. Thank you.
0: No Giants fans should come knocking on our doors. Okay. But you know, I'm just trying to help. Um, because that's really what this radio show is all about. So I love you, Tony. So I have to love Tony. He's a lot bigger than me. Um, anyway, so, uh, let's see, what is it that I wanted to talk to you about this week? Could I tell you about the misfiring Ford pickup truck? Yeah, I guess I could. Could I talk to you about the Volkswagen water pump impeller? I think we already had that conversation um could i talk to you about the toyota nah i don't want to do that either you know what i want to do i want to kick the garage doors open right away i got so many calls this hour tom's saying come on stop stop talking and start talking explain that one to me um let's go over and talk to doug and new rochelle questions about a 2001 chevy blazer and uh see what's going on i'll do my opening monologue a little bit later this hour doug welcome to the car doctor sir how can i help
3: oh thanks for taking my call ron appreciate that yeah i've uh I had this car off the road for almost a year, decided to re-register it and put it back on. You know, the battery's been dead, so I charged it up, gave it a full charge, got the thing running, took it down to my local guy, you know, to have it inspected, and it wouldn't pass to readiness, emissions, uh, you know. Uh, Monitors, sure, yeah. I right. so what he told me to do is you have to take it out and drive it. So I left it overnight. He said it's gotta go from a cold start, I believe. I don't know if it's right or wrong. Took it, I drove the car almost ninety miles, and I'm still getting all kinds of uh you know, no codes, you know, the improper codes.
0: Okay, so so driving it and driving it to run a drive cycle are two different things. When right. when, when you drove it, Doug, you know, what was your average highway speed?
3: Fifty five, sixty. Okay.
0: So you stayed there at a constant state of speed. How much yeah, gas? Yeah, you
3: tried to, you know, when yeah. traffic's a little tough.
0: How much gas is in the tank? Full. Okay. So if the gas tank is full, if the gas tank isn't between a quarter and three quarters of a tank, it will right. not It will not run the evaporative emissions monitor. All okay. right? Done. Conversation over. Period. All right? So that's the first thing. So that that is a... It has to meet preconditioned conditions, all right? And on any car today that I'm aware of, I haven't seen one where it doesn't qualify, gas tank between a quarter and three-quarters of a tank. Otherwise, the EVAP emission monitor will never run. Um, won't pick it up. Yeah, it won't pick it up. It will not run the monitor. Consequently, you know, we always love fixing, and I'll, I'll tell you a trade secret. The industry loves to fix evaporative emissions faults on the little old lady's car that goes three miles a day, with a full with a full tank of gas, because yeah, yeah, yeah. because by the time that car runs the evap monitor, if it's a Ford, first of all, Fords are the worst because they won't run the evap monitor below certain temperatures. So you fix an evap fault in the little old lady's car in November, she won't know if the thing's fixed until June. All right, because <laughs> it'll take that long to run out of gas or get it below right. three quarters of a tank, and it'll take that long before the weather warms up to the point where she starts off and it's above thirty eight degrees. Um, so that's important. Uh, that being said, what monitors have not run? Do you know? Yep, because I have one of these actron units. Yep. You know the small one,
3: and it comes up, let me see. It it comes up. Misfire is okay, monitor is okay, fuel system monitor okay, okay. Comp component okay. Yep. Then it goes down to catalyst monitor, INC incomplete I right. guess. Yep. Uh, where is it? Uh HTD catalyst, NA, whatever that means.
0: A- heated catalyst, meaning it's not applicable on that model. It does not have a heated CAT uh, monitor function. Go ahead.
3: All right. Let me see. EVAP system monitor INC. IMC. Right.
0: It's incomplete because the gas tank isn't low right, enough.
3: okay And SEC air system incomplete.
0: Right. It hasn't run secondary air pump. Okay.
3: And let me see this. AC refrigerant monitoring NA.
0: Right. Anything that's N A, we're not worried about. We're uh, okay. We're worried about the and, ones that are incomplete. All
3: uh, right. Then it says oxygen sensor okay. Oxygen sensor heater incomplete. And the last one, the D G R sensor monitor is okay.
0: Okay. The first about three one, or four of them. So, so the one I would the one I would start with is I would try to get the O two heated circuit to work. That being said, first thing I would do is get the gas tank down below three quarters of a tank.
3: That won't be a problem for me.
0: All right. So get it down below three-quarters of a tank. Get it in the quarter to three-quarter range. And I would start up cold. I would take it out to the highway. And, you know, you may have to do this when no one's around. One of the tricks I learned this year in the last 12 months, one of the things I've been doing lately is I will put the car on cruise. I'll set it to 55 and put it on cruise because the car is more capable of applying and maintaining a moderate 55 than my jerky foot.
3: How long do you have to hold that for, do you know?
0: Roughly? Oh, it depends on the car. Sometimes I'll sometimes I'll I'll be out on the highway. My highway ride will run anywhere from twelve to twenty four minutes. Oh, at, okay, at, so quite a at, while. Yeah, fifty five miles an hour. So, you know, it depends on where and how I put my um, uh, my driving loop. You know, if if we were at the shop, I would tell you I go down Cress and I go out by Guardian Angel Church, you know, all landmarks to me. Um, I'm probably I'm probably Five and a half, six minutes of city driving, and then I get out to the highway. It takes me roughly thirty-five to forty-five minutes to do a drive cycle, depending upon the vehicle.
3: So let me ask you: a drive cycle doesn't necessarily have to be like close to a hundred
0: miles, correct? No, it's got nothing to do with the mileage. It's 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 all about conditions. The reason okay. the, the reason the industry says hundred miles is because it's very hard to pinpoint exact. And you know everybody wants a generic answer. A hundred miles is a safe guess, but it has to be okay. a, it has to be a hundred miles under under proper conditions. You know, uh, absolutely. And, and you know there are there are some cars, for example, manual transmissions won't won't run the monitor in fifth gear. It'll only run it in fourth or vice versa. And somebody wow. will say, well, you know, I had it in fifth gear. Well, yeah, but that car they want it done in fourth for whatever reason. However, the software manufacturer to meet EPA specs. Remember what a drive cycle is. A drive cycle is an average collection of driving habits and conditions as deemed by the EPA as deemed by the associations that put this stuff together to create that cycle of how things should occur under what conditions it's a collection of, of, of efforts if you want to think of it like that okay so, all right sir but Fun, you're you're thank on the you right so track much. i really appreciate welcome. that you're very welcome so and I uh,
3: I got another one for you next week I'll call you back. All right, you Skip give me a call. call back.
0: Let me know how this one does with its monitors. By the way, if if you've got if you've got a chance, Doug, if you've got a um the ability to go look at bulletins, yeah. Take a look at GM bulletin 00, 6 double O six, O four O right. thirty three 04033B. It's a nice long uh TSB. It's been out there a better part of oh, geez, it's been out there the better part of 10 years. Um talks about I/M readiness as part of emissions inspection for GM vehicles and some of the things about conditions and so forth, so it might help you out.
3: Okay. All right. Wow, that's great, Ron. So Thank you very much. I really appreciate you're that. You're very
0: welcome, Doug. You have a good rest of the afternoon. 855 Ron and Andy, The Car Doctor, coming back right after this. I bet you did. Ron and eating The Car Doctor, 855-560-9900. I have a question, Mr. Ray. You know, it's Christmas, and I want to know why I haven't heard Snoopy's Christmas yet and the bumper music.
1: Because the Red Baron shot the record out of the air, and we couldn't get it to play.
0: That was really good. Cause <laughs> Thank you. That Thank was, you. That, I like that. So, But, you know, it's not Christmas until you hear Snoopy and the Red Baron. I just want you to know that.
1: You're just not listening to the right radio station. See, I've heard it numerous times this past week on Sirius XM.
0: Well, oh, uh, I can't afford Sirius XM. I, I, I fix cars for a living. Let's, uh, <laughs> let's go over and talk to Tony in Illinois, 1964 Triumph. Tony, Anthony, how can I help you, sir?
4: Ron, I Ron, I'm a big fan of yours. I've been listening to you for a long time, and I've never heard you laugh at one of your callers. No. And so I hope I'm not the first one.
0: <laughs> no, 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 no. A trumpet. I remember this. Listen, I'll tell you my triumph story. Dirty Ernie had a 69 GT6 6 Plus in awesome. high school, all right? And we took it into auto shop, and we tuned it up and got it to work. And now in Mawa, if if you ever get her out to Mawa, New Jersey, there's a spot in Mawa in 17 called the Flats, and the tradition back then was to run the Flats. So here's two wild-eyed high school kids. We take Ernie's GT6 plus down the Flats at two o'clock in the afternoon. All right, we were supposed to be in school. Mom's (laughs) mom's not listening today, is she? Good. And when the cop pulled us over, Ernie was doing 137 miles an hour. (laughs) Oh, my. <laughs> and, and and he pointed his finger, and he goes, what in that blankety-blankety? And Ernie said, it's his fault. He tuned it. And I went, I don't know what I was doing, officer. I didn't realize that I could get that much out of it. But true story, really a true story. And we got away with it because, well, that's a whole other story. But <laughs> um, Yeah. Um, so, but Triumph. You not a Motorola. Yeah, it's, you know what? Triumph's just, I mean, they were the car in the day. You know what? They, they used to give uh, Corvettes their run for the money, right? Um, that's, yes, sir. That's, and it's a great car Yeah, they really but are it, it, um, uh, The only downside is Lucas, makes it, Lucas made the electrical system And that's why the British drink warm beer Because Lucas makes refrigerators But uh, <laughs> other than that um, So what do you got here with this 64 Triumph?
4: Well, I got a 64 Triumph TR4 That I just had to have uh, I bought it four years ago I uh, drove it home And uh, parked it in my garage and, Ron, I'm embarrassed to say I have not started it since then. Mm. And I, I'd like to start. I mean, life happens. I got a young child at home, so yep. I wasn't able to spend the time on it. Sure. But now I want to start driving it. And I'm. what do I do? To, I mean, I'm afraid to start it. It hasn't been started in four years.
0: Okay. Well, I would probably, you know, how much gas was in the tank or is in the tank?
4: I'll be honest with you. It's probably a quarter of a tank, but I, you know that was four years ago when right. I put it in. So I, I, I thought I'd have to drain the gas.
0: Yeah, you'd have to drain the gas, and 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 actually, you might have to be. You should be prepared. You might have to clean the fuel system. You know, ethanol-based fuel might have destroyed most of what's inside that tank and any of the rubber components. And that's my biggest concern, because as the oh my. Eth- as as the ethanol breaks down, it can make an absolute mess of things. And I think before you start to pump. Dirt into those carburetors, um, you know. At this point, to get them repaired or replaced, I think I would probably go for, you know, making sure the, the fuel system, the tank is clean, and 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 start there. Does that tank have a drain on it? I don't remember off the top of my head. I know some of them did, and some of them did not.
4: Sure, I, I would have no idea. Okay,
0: if there is a drain on it, I would obviously tell you to, you know, drain it out and see what it looks like. If it's not. And you have the ability, you know, I don't think it's that difficult to pull the tank. I would I would pull the tank on that, just just to be cautious. Because okay. if, if memory serves me correct, are these what carburetors are on this on this, Tony? Are they uh, are these uh,
4: there's two of them. I don't right. remember what they were. I'm not S, a real strong like driving. They
0: were S or Strombergs. I'm trying to remember myself. Um I think it was the Strombergs. Yeah. And you know, lots of little passageways and little, you know openings the size of the eye of a needle and things oh boy let's get some dirt in that um you know that'll be fun so you'll be going oh santa here's what i want for christmas okay and it's 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 about the size of a carburetor box um so you know before (laughs) you start to
4: scare me (laughs)
0: well you know because the issue is before you start pumping crud up into the carburetors let's make sure the source is clean uh, you know, if this was an older Camaro with a typical, you know, Chevy, big block, small block, Holley carburetor, or something, blah, 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 yeah, who cares? You know what? Pour some fuel in it. Drain the fuel out. Pour some fuel in it. If the carburetor needs to be rebuilt, it's easy to go through. Those, that's another story. You've really got to be cautious and know what you're doing. Now, listen, you might be the one guy that got lucky that, you know, it sat for four years and the fuel didn't break down far enough and everything fires up just fine, but the fuel system's a concern. So, okay. you know, that's number one. Number two, all the fluids. Change the coolant, change the brake fluid, change the trans-fluid, change the rear. Change it all. All right? And it'll, it'll give you a okay. pretty good idea of, of what kind of condition everything is in uh, after sitting just because you can tell by looking at color and smell and, you know, how much moisture, how much, you know, contamination got to the fluid. Brake fluid, you're not going to be able to tell. You just you just want to do a flush through it's, and it, and it should be dot four if memory serves me correct. So make sure you get the right grade or quality of brake fluid. Okay? Um, Third thing, uh, before you go and start this, obviously a fresh battery, but before you go and start this, you want to hand crank it, get something on the front of the crank bolt. I'm trying to remember if there's a crank bolt on a 64 trumpet. Um, You know, But you want to find a way to hand crank the engine over, pull the plugs out, maybe shoot some oil in the cylinders. Not a lot you know a good old handy oil can a couple of you know one or two pumps okay. circulate some oil around the rings and then spin the motor over all right first by hand then by electrical cranking it you know with coil disconnected crank it until okay. you get crank it until you get oil pressure and then start it all right now yes keep, sir keep,
4: i'm writing all this down <laughs> keep
0: keep in mind the brakes the brakes may be locked you may have to go through and clean up rotors depending upon where the car sat and how it sat but what I'm It's on dollies,
4: but that okay. doesn't do anything. You
0: know, and then obviously, you know, the, the tires are four-year-old or they dry-rotted. How old were the tires when you put it away? You've got to look at the date code on the tires, and you can easily enough Google search, you know, date coding tires and figure out how old the tires are. I think the standard is eight years. If the tires are older than eight years, you might as well throw those out, regardless of how good the okay. rubber is. Um, I, don't, I don't drive out anything past its date code. I just don't take the chance. And, um, you know, that should get you going. So, now listen, if you weren't able to copy all this down, Tony, if, uh-huh. if you go to cardoctorshow.com sometime yeah. sometime tomorrow, if you go to cardoctorshow.com and click on podcasts, this this is our second hour. So if you go to hour t- if you go to hour 2, um, you know, we started this conversation about a quarter past the hour, somewhere about that. And, and and bring it down to, uh, you know, down down to the bottom of the hour, as we say in Radio Land. That's radio talk. Hey, let's do it at the bottom of the hour. Um, you know, you'll be able to hear this conversation over and over again. Awesome. Right, now, would
4: you consider this a
0: classic car? Yeah, I would. I would. Yeah, in my mind. Right. You, you know. Um, so it's I, worth keeping. Yeah, I think so. And listen, it's, you know what? Do you enjoy it? Well, do you think you'll enjoy it?
4: Well, it only fits two people, so sometimes that comes in handy.
0: Yeah, oh yeah, especially when you know, especially when you want to carry books around in the other seat. Sorry, can't take you with that's me; correct, I have no room. Yeah. Hey, you know, it's listen, been there, done that. Um, you know, so it's like, uh, gee, I'd like to take you, but you know, there's only room for one in the car. Um, so that's just the way it works. someday I'll tell you the story. You know, the hot rods, a '55 Chevy has seating for five people not mine. I've only got seating for two, and I have to like you a whole lot. So, But um, that's a story for another day. Tony, I appreciate the call. Good luck to you and yours out there, Illinois Way, and uh, good luck with the triumph. I'm Martin The Car Doctor, back right here.
3: The news had come out in the First World War. The bloody Red Baron was flying once more. The Allied Command ignored all of its men. Called on Snoopy to
0: do it again. Now well, it's nice Christmas. Hello Christmas. and welcome, Ron and The Car Doctor here at 855-560-9900. You mean all I have to do is ask for something? Oh. All I have to do is ask for something and it shows up? I'd like red jelly beans in the studio. Let's see how you guys pull that out of your hat. So thanks for voting, Tom. Okay, let's go over and talk to Sean, Knoxville, Tennessee. 97 Dodge B3500 and some bad vibrations. Sean, welcome to The Car Doctor, sir.
1: Thanks, Ron. I appreciate you taking my call.
0: Oh, thank you. I'm very glad to be here. And uh, let me tell you, my hearts go out. To, our hearts go out to everybody down there. Your way. You're just about 20 miles from Gatlinburg, aren't you?
1: Yeah, we're about 20 miles north. And uh, of course, we had a lot of neighbors and friends had had uh, property loss, but uh, nothing. Uh, no, no life-threatening things yeah, with so, with the people I knew. Yeah. But it has been a tragedy for sure.
0: Yeah, tough times, tough spots. So, but um, yeah, listen. Uh, you know, we're, we're 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 praying for you guys. So, what can I do for you today, Sean?
1: Well, Ron, I have got a 97 Dodge. It's a Pleasureway Class BRV. Right. And it's on the 33,500 3- chassis, the right. van chassis. Right. I uh, bought it in the summer, about 145,000 miles. Um, had a pre-purchase inspection. They found a leak in the rear seal of the transmission that they repaired. Uh, and I drove it a couple thousand miles and noticed the vibration. And uh, then I realized that the same seal was leaking again. I took it back into the shop, and they... Checked it, and they said that the seal was scored, and that they went went to find you know why the uh, why the seal may be scored. So they ended up replacing new u joints on the drive shaft. Uh, actually, took the drive shaft and had it balanced and checked for true. Um, checked differential specs, and everything seemed to be okay. Uh, and they're kind of at the point where they don't really know what else to check because they said it may be the tires. But the thing is the frequency of the vibration is uh, probably three times or four times faster than what I'm used to as far as if a tire was out of balance right. or out of round.
0: Right. Um, let's go back to the seal leak. So, okay. you know, did they, did they say anything? Did they change an output bushing? Or do they consider you know, I'm trying to figure out why you know a seal gets scored. Why does a seal get scored? A seal gets scored because it gets overloaded. All right. Mm-hmm. And right. either either the tip of the drive shaft, you know, the, the, the yoke that goes into the trans output is scored, and that tore up the seal, or the bushing in the tail shaft of the trans can't support it. The seal doesn't support the drive shaft, the seal just seals. Okay. So, you know, why, and I've seen this before where everybody will forget that there is, not everybody, but, you know, people will forget that there is a a collar or bushing inside the the trans tail shaft that supports it. So take your, you know, take your thumb and forefinger on one hand and make an O and then stick the index finger of your other finger, uh, other hand into that hole and tighten up around it. So that's supporting your index finger. Well, if the bushing is worn, now it's just kind of flapping around. Um, also, making a universal sign if you can, if you can, if you're a signer um, about uh, bad things. But um, you know, it's it's sloppy, and that's what chews up the seal. So the question comes back to how is the how is the bushing? That would be my one question. Second question: okay. They check the drive shaft for balance, and I've seen guys make this mistake. Are they sure it's straight? there's a difference it's like a wheel all right right you know,
1: they, they supposedly checked it for being true and straight okay. and they actually rebalanced it okay they, mo- they took one weight off and put a weight at a different location
0: and then i would be curious okay because you know and again a lot of this is seat of the pants stuff if you feel like it's faster than tire speed or different than tire speed okay um yeah. my next thought would be what if you took a hose clamp, got a one ounce wheel weight, and put it at one end of the drive shaft or the other? Can you change the frequency or the vibration? Can you affect it, or do you, you know, do you create a whole new <laughs> um, uh, a, a, a event? And if you do, then you know you're on the wrong path. But if you can change it or affect where it occurs at different speeds, different loads, maybe it's still in the drive shaft. Okay. Okay. Okay? And, you know, I'll, I'll sit there and I'll play with a one-ounce weight and, you know, I'll clock it around the shaft at one end or the other and, and you know, uh, you know, two hose clamps. So two hose clamps and a one-ounce weight or two hose clamps and a, a two-ounce weight, whatever you want to try and play with, and then work your right. way down. And I'll, I'll clock it around, you know, you know uh, 12, 3, 6, 9, working my way around, putting the weight on different points just to see what it does. Um, you know, back in the old days when we were hot rodders and we 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 modified something, and we couldn't afford to get somebody to balance the drive shaft. You know, we would <laughs> we balanced it by by experimentation. Um, you know, <laughs> those those were the days. Uh, you know, so that's on my mind. Last, okay. y- you talk about tires. I'm I'm guessing you're suspect of the tires, but but you're not sure. Um, what it if- has
1: really inexpensive. Uh, Chinese tires on them. Yeah. That that was what was on it when I bought it. So I've just not replaced those. Yeah. But, and I mean, it's uh, it's
0: it's it's easy to pick on the tires. Yeah. You know, it's easy to sit there and say, ah. Um, but you're kind of like you're 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 sort of playing the game I play every day. If this doesn't fix it, what would I do next? And I always right. play. I right. always I always play that game when I'm dealing with something obtuse, expensive, and difficult to source. Um. Mm-hmm. You know, so I always ask myself that question. I ask the customer that, listen, we can go here, we can try this. If this doesn't work, are you going to be happy with the result if I tell you now we have to go and do this? I don't like to guess. I like to, you know, I like to think ahead. Thinking doesn't cost me anything.
1: Right, um, right. You know? Well, I definitely like the vehicle. You know, it has a lot of value as far as being, a, you know, an RV versus just an old van. So, right. Everything else is in good shape, and it's something that I want to, you know, just get it to where it doesn't vibrate when I right. drive it down the road. You know, what if you what if you rotate it.
0: the tires around? Does that change anything?
1: Yeah, I'll have to try that. Actually, they they put it up on jack stands with the rear axle and then accelerated it up to the speed and could get the vibration with the tires off the ground. So that, right. to me, too, kind of indicates
0: probably right. not tires. Yeah, an unsprung problem. And then, right. um, uh, you know, this does and, – and this won't – but sometimes you get into harmonics, you know, vehicle harmonics, Sean. What if, mm-hmm. you, what if you play with tire pressure? Does playing with tire pressure change anything?
1: I'll have to try that. One other point on there, it, it actually was most noticeable when the, there was no – I wasn't accelerating or decelerating. If I could get to a point where it's really neutral uh, torque on that drive shaft or on the, on the drivetrain, uh, it would get more noticeable by a significant amount.
0: Interesting. So it's it's it, it seems like load on the drive shaft affects it.
1: Yeah, it seems like it reduces it when there's when it's under torque either from acceleration or deceleration.
0: I'd I'd look at that, um, you know. I'd I'd look at that yoke. Uh, make sure that yoke is good. I'd make sure the joints are good. Just because they put joints in it doesn't mean they did it right. I'm not picking on them. Right. I'm just I'm just saying. Uh, right. Okay. You know, it's it's when we look at everything, the obvious. When we when we when we look at everything, we'll source it out and figure out what's left. Um, just just to be sure hey by the way before I let you go down there Knoxville way they still got a Calhoun's down there yeah there's Calhoun's that's a local chain here it's really good yeah it's really good yep back back a million years ago when I did TV down there I I did some work for Scripps over there at uh, DIY and um, they used to at the end of the day it would be uh, they yelled at me the first day they threw me out because I started cleaning up and driving the little golf cart around with the garbage truck over the trash compactor They they didn't appreciate that a whole lot um. So they gave me a credit card. They said, "You go over to Calhoun's and you get yourself something to eat." And uh, you know, that was um. Those were the days. That was a lot of fun. Me and Carpenter Bob. So, but uh, yeah, Calhoun's is where yeah. it's at. So, Sean, listen, I appreciate the conversation. And um, if I can do anything else for you, you let me know. And. Uh, Prayers go out to everybody down your way, Gatlinburg way. All right, sir? Thank you very much. We appreciate it. You're very good. Thank you. Bye-bye. I'm Ron Anning, The Car Doctor, 855-560-9900, 24-7 phone number, by the way. Let me point that out. Give us a call anytime, day or night. Leave a message. We'll get back to you. And I will uh, return right after this. Bye-bye. Now, just checking. Now what? Now what? Well, I don't know. You didn't point the finger. <laughs> okay. no, nothing. Nothing Only says. Pointed nothing pointed says. <laughs> no, nothing says love until Tony gives me the finger and says, "Okay, start talking." Ron and Amy in the car. Doctor 855-560-9900. here to take your calls and answer your questions. Let's go over and talk to Norman from Queens, New York. Norman, welcome to the Car Doctor, sir. How are you? Thank you. What's Thank going you,
2: on? Ron. I've been list- Ron, I've been listening to you for years. And your advice has been right on. I couldn't even thank you enough.
0: Well, I appreciate that,
2: I can go back to my 64 Volkswagen that I had 300,000 miles on it before I got rid of it. I had an 88 Crown Victoria with over 200,000. Now I have a 2010 RAV4 with 40,000. Now I'm retired, not many miles. But the question comes in, listening to you every week. How long do these car manufacturers think that people keep their cars before there won't be parts to fix it? Because following your advice, I go overboard. Oil change every 2,000. Transmission fluid change I do it every other year. I had all the fluids changed. The car is immaculate.
0: And Nothing keeps, wrong. And it just keeps going, right?
2: And it is perfect, and if everybody were to just lock in and listen to what your advice is, it seems common sense, fluids have to be changed. The question I also have is, with all the sensors that are located in these cars these days, computerized, why don't they engineers get together and devise a method of actually analyzing out the fluids for its consistency, its quality, its quantity. And what state it's in. So, not only do you have to change the oil, but it can actually say, hey, a chemical reaction is going on, it's too far. This car has to have the oil change, transmission change, radiator fluid change, brake fluid change. Now the sensors should pick it up before it even comes close to doing any damage.
0: Well, because I think, I think a monitoring system like that, I mean, that's what they're trying to do with these, you know, recommended oil mm-hmm. change interval lights. And there's 80 percent oil life left and 70 percent and so forth. But you know what you're talking about—the idea of it would cost money. And listen, it's—it's it's making cars is a big money game. It's—it's it's not like it was mm-hmm. back in the 20s and the 30s and the 40s when you know the Dodge boys were building cars, and when the, you know the the, the uh, engineers at Chrysler, Walter P. Chrysler among them, were guys that had pride in what they did, and so on and so forth. It's Correct. a different—it's a game now. It's—it's—it's—it's its it's, 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 no, its a different game now. It's just—it's just big big business. How long will a car last? Mm-hmm. Sometimes I think Tuesday, um, based on what's, what's right. available in terms of, of, of componentry. But what's gonna, what does the car in now is the electronics. You know, it boggles my mm-hmm. mind. Everybody is so hot on all the new muscle cars, for example, okay? A new Corvette. Go buy a new Corvette. You can spend seventy dollars to $100,000 on a new vet, a Z06, whatever, blah, blah, blah. It's all hot to trot. It's great. When GM says, no more computer chips... You've got a $100,000 flower pot for your front lawn. And, yeah, I know that somebody's going to be able to come up with a computer that's going to allow that car to run, but at what cost? Correct. And and, and mm-hmm. that's that's the problem. And mm-hmm. I, I think that car companies today are looking towards the future. Listen, I think somewhere in the bowels of these companies, 10, 15 years out, 20 years out, they know what we're going to be driving or what's going to be driving mm-hmm. us more appropriately. All right. The problem is somebody in the think tank, and this is my black helicopter conspiracy, Norman, so don't don't take it don't take it mm-hmm. to heart, all right? I think somebody in the think tank says, listen, we're gonna put everybody into self-driving cars. We could do it tomorrow. Mm-hmm. The problem is what do you do with all the mechanics? S- snap-on trucks, Mac tool trucks, dealer techs. What do you do with all the people you're going to be putting out of work because those cars won't break like this current crop and generation of cars? And what do you do for the uniform drivers that you don't need to deliver uniforms anymore? And what, do you need, what do you do with the sandwich shops? The car, mm-hmm. the changes in the car will transform the country and the economy, and nobody wants to talk about that, but it will. It has, Burke. and it's going to continue. How long will the car mm-hmm. last? As long as the government allows it to, all right, sir.
2: Well, my feel, my feeling, Ron, is that you keep the car as long as you can afford to keep it going. Obviously,
0: yes. right, and with, it
2: makes sense to do it.
0: Within, within. But I'm also
2: with, asking: Are the engineers thinking a person's going to keep a car for ten years? In that ten-year period, it's going to cost so much money to keep it going.
0: Yes, but the problem is they want, to, they want to keep it that 10 years, but the problem is they're looking at cost. They want you to buy another one, and they're trying to get you out of that car in four to five years so that you keep the factories going, you keep the workers working, and the company keeps making money to develop technology for that 20-year plan or 30-year plan. Norman, I appreciate the call. Do me a favor. Call me back in two weeks. I'd like to do this a little earlier in the hour. We can have a long conversation about this, and uh, we'll be glad to pick it up where we left off. I'm Ron in The Car Doctor, coming back right after this. Welcome back, Ron. And Andy, the Car Doctor. Let's real quick get over to Bob in Atlanta. Bob, welcome to the Car Doctor, sir. I've got three minutes. What's going on?
4: Uh, hey, Ron. Uh, well, I got this uh, my first performance car, so it's a 1998 Corvette, and then uh, the tires are balded. So I said, "What do I got to do for the tires?" Went to my big box, and they uh, they sold me some summer tires, okay. and said it would be great for performance. My question is, uh, it's not summer anymore, <clears throat> so and I'm in Atlanta, so it's not it's not freezing. It's not freezing rain but uh, what kind of performance or safety issues should I consider as I'm uh, bringing these summer tires into winter?
0: I don't think, you know, and it depends on what exactly they are, Um, and part of this is trial and error. It's seat-of-the-pants stuff Um, as far as what you can expect. I would say that, you know, as long as it is a DOT-approved tire, um, Mm -hmm. you know, that it's, it's, it's really meant for the road, that you'll probably be okay. I can't imagine you know listen if if you got ice in Atlanta like you did last year and the whole city came yeah. to a halt it doesn't matter yeah. what we put on this thing um, mm-hmm. you know so that doesn't matter as far as you know if you get snow it's you're not likely to right you don't do you guys ever get snow okay. down your way i can i can
4: dodge that it's not a daily driver but right. uh, yeah you know yeah, i mean I short, work around it.
0: short of that you know your biggest problem is going to be the summer tire isn't going to grip as well in the cold on a cold on a cold hard road versus a soft you know supple road Um, you know that being said i would just be aware of the limits of traction that you might have and just take it easy during those cold weather months it's not gonna it's not gonna pay for you to switch and put on a different tire if 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 that's what you're thinking um I, i i can't see that expense i think that's unnecessary does that make sense yeah, appreciate it, Ron. Okay. All right, sir. Thank you very much. You have a good rest of the day, and I appreciate you being there for me. If you need anything else, you know where to find me, Ron, at Cardoctorshow.com. And by the way, if you're listening to this radio show via podcast or stream, if you're down at Cardoctorshow.com, you're streaming or you're podcasting through your favorite podcast player, hit subscribe on your podcast player and uh, take this radio show on a regular basis and help us out. That's what uh, helps us pay the bills. I'm Ron and the Car Doctor. Till the next time, good mechanics aren't expensive. They're priceless. See ya. you.